Welcome one more time to Solo BG Podcast. This is episode number 61. And I'm very excited and very happy that you're here with me in another uh, time for another show to talk about board games. That's right, because if this is your first time in this podcast, well, this is a podcast where we talk about board games, mainly about solo or cooperative board games. That's right. Games that you can play with your friends, of course, right now with the circumstances around the world, it's kind of hard. But uh, games that you can play with your friends against the game or with your family against the game or also you can play them solo. That's right. If you feel like the need of drawing some cards, rolling some dice, moving some meeples or wooden tokens around the board, but you don't have anybody to play with, well, this is games that you can play solo and you can still have a blast. So this is what the uh, what the podcast focuses on. And once once a month, once, you know, every three or four weeks, uh, we do also an episode which is called Solo with Friends, where we talk about a game that it cannot be played solo or cooperative on only a competitive way. So that's that's the Solo with Friends one. Also, we have a special episodes where we do a Kickstarter previews, like on episode 59, where we talk about Excavation Earth, which is coming, is now should be on Kickstarter, and if not, will be on Kickstarter Live on April 6th to 2020. Also, uh, we have a special episodes where we have interviews with, uh, you know, designers, game designers, publishers, um, uh, content creators and so forth, like episode 60, which was the previous one where we had a conversation with uh, Jeremy Howard. Uh, Jeremy Howard is also known as uh, Jambalaya Play Games, and also he has the solo Sundays for Man vs. Meeple, uh, usually on Facebook. So anyway, if you haven't checked that episode, as soon as you're done with this one, you can go back and enjoy episode number 60. Anyway, in this episode number 61, of course, we're all very aware, because right now it's April 3rd, 2020, I'm sorry, April the 4th, 2020, Saturday. Uh, uh, we all know about the unfortunate situation around the world right now. But I want to tell you something more positive. I want to tell you that today is a beautiful day uh, here where I record, which is in Annapolis, Indiana, in the United States of America. And I want to tell you that we have a very special episode as well where we're going to talk about Lockup, a role-player tale. Uh, and this game is designed by Stanislav Kordonsky, I hope I pronounced it correctly, and it's published by Thunderwork Games. And like always, you know, um, that's what I want to tell you. I don't want to talk about more about the, on the unfortunate situation around the world. Uh, nevertheless, I want to tell you that this is a perfect time for you to, uh, you know, bring all these games out of your shelf and bring them to the table. And also... Uh, that this is probably the perfect time to take a look at this episode that we are recording today. In that way, if it's interesting to you after the episode, well, you can check it out online to see if you can get it right now. Uh, some uh, gaming stores, some local gaming stores around the world, they're offering service uh, services like online, and also some of them, they are delivering games to your door. So if that's the case on wherever you live, and there's a way that you can support them, please do it. I want to I wanna really encourage you and encourage me and encourage everybody to still support our local gaming stores. Also, a lot of gaming stores, what they're doing is that they cannot provide any service like online or curbside or things like that. But what they're doing is they're offering um, some kind of, um, you know, like credit cards some, some some kinds of like gift cards online. In that way, you can still support them and you can use them once things go back to normal and they reopen doors. So if you are able to do that, please do as well. And if not, well... You know the the main the main place that we can find online games. You know they usually are like Amazon or some other uh, big companies of gaming store that they offer in the service online. Well, if that's the case, and you don't have any of the other options, well, go, just go for it. If you if you can get a game that you've been wanting to, or if you wanna play some games that you have on your shelf, this is the perfect time to do it for 10 by 10 challenges, for campaigns and stuff like that. So let's focus on positive things. So anyway, let's start with the show. Once again, this is episode number 61 of Solo BG Podcast. I hope you enjoy. And please let me know in the comments of this post if you have any comments about the game that we're going to talk and also what you've been playing recently. So anyway, like always, let's start in 3, 2, 1... Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. 
Okay, so now we are in the show number 61 officially once again. This is Lock Up, a role player tale by Stanislav Kordonsky. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Away. Again, I'm sorry. And this is published by Thunder War Games. And we're going to talk about the game in a little bit. But like I always do, um, you know, we, I always tell you what I've been playing before we jump in the actual game and before I give you the audio unboxing and all that stuff. What I've been playing recently since the last episode, since you and I, since the last time that we uh, talked through the speaker, I guess, uh, it was a few games that they're interesting and actually one that really surprised me because there's a lot of controversy in the game, but we will tell you, I will tell you in a little bit. Uh, I've been playing a legendary Marvel deck building game. Well, right now, with Marvel Champions, LZG, and all the stuff, people, <clears throat> or I, including myself, we start to forget about the Upper Deck Entertainment publishing of a legendary Marvel deck building game. I bring it up to the table again with the expansions of Guardians of the Galaxy, which in my opinion is probably the best expansion so far for this game, where uh, we were playing, my wife and I, with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and we also brought Thor to the, to the hero deck. And we were playing against Thanos and the Infinity Gems. It was so hard; we got destroyed. We couldn't you know, we, we couldn't defeat Thanos before he collected all this, uh, the Infinity Stones. But it was fun. It was fun, and you know, it really reminded me when I brought when I brought it to the table. You know, back on the days when I started to play solo games, and you know, I, I mean, it's fantastic. You know, I had a blast. And if this is your if you have a chance to get a copy of this game, or if you have the copy of this game on your shelves. It's never too late to try to bring it again and have fun. You know, the Marvel Champions LCG, of course, it's a, it's a great game, but it's very different. And I really enjoy playing, again, the legendary, uh, the Marvel uh, deck building game. It was fun. It had a blast. Even if we lose, I'm willing to play it again. I also, I've been playing another legendary that is on my 10 by 10 challenge. And this is Legendary Alien Encounters. It's a uh, similar system to the legendary, as you know, but in this one, it's basically you're you know fighting those encounters these uh, cars that they are traveling through different locations and as soon as they get to the combat zone they will start to make wounds on you and you're trying also to uh, build your deck recruiting heroes from the hero deck or the hero board uh, from your options and trying to make your deck bigger and also with better uh, weapons and better resources to get more heroes and if you're a fan of the franchise like I do from alien movies uh, this is a great game it's super thematic it's, it's super immersive uh, back on the day when we started the show uh, about two years ago, almost, I think, in September, it's going to be two years, uh, one of the first episodes, it was uh, Legendary X-Files Encounters. And Legendary X-Files Encounters, I, as well, I enjoyed. And now, recently, the most recent uh, publication from Upper Deck was uh, the James Bond, the deck-building game from Legendary. Now, the James Bond is not an Encounters. I wish it could be an Encounters, but it's not. So even if I love James Bond, like, so much, like... I've been telling you in different episodes in the past that it's by far one of my top three, top four franchises of the of whatever is there on the pop culture. Um, the fact that it's not an encounters, it really like decreases a little bit for me the the fun of the gameplay. Now, once again, the theme, of course, like from every legendary, I will always go by James Bond for me the theme. But the fact that it wasn't an encounters, it was like, oh, you know, it put a little bit down. Now, legendary the alien encounters, I think, and this is my opinion, that for the first place from all the legendaries, it's definitely, once again, for me, encounters speaking, is probably alien and X Files. Uh, those are both uh, very tight at the top, you know, with the, for the winning place. But anyway, the reason why I choose to include legendary encounters on my 10 by 10 challenge. Is because not only you can play the five A scenarios if you want to go with the movies, uh, you know, with the base game. Also, you can get the expansions that it will get you probably at least another four or five, uh, uh, you know, encounter movie stories, I guess. And also you can get the Predators expansions where I believe, I haven't tried, but you can tell me otherwise. If you're listening to this episode, you can put it on the comments, either here on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook or uh, if you're listening to iVox or anywhere, wherever you listen, if you're able to uh, to put a comment, put it there. I believe the Predator one, you can have more scenarios because you can mix it with the Legendary, with the Alien one. So anyway, I've been playing, I've been having a blast. Uh, like probably a year ago, I remember finishing the first uh, two movies or the first three movies from the base game. But I started all over again with Aliens, the first movie. Um well, at the end, you're trying to kill the perfect organism, which is, you know, the, the big alien coming after you. 
It was fun. I was able to uh, to destroy him. I think if I don't remember incorrectly, I put it, I put him on the ventil on the ventilator's room or something like that. You have to put the perfect organism there and then kill him with 10 power. Uh, I was able to do it and I have fun and I'm looking forward to play the whole five movies in the box once again in order to play the 10 by 10 challenge and then get the expansions for aliens. Get also the Covenant. I, I think Prometheus is also there uh, as an expansion. So I'm looking forward to play all of them. And it's those games that I don't know what you do, but I have this ritual that when I'm playing uh, here in my game room or in any table that I'm playing, basically, I always uh, put soundtracks that they you know are related to the game. Like in this case, when it's movies or franchises, it's easy because... You can look for the soundtracks, uh, but these games also, besides listening to the music, what you can do, which I do, is just I put the movies on the background, and you know it's kind of fun, like playing and watching the movie at the same time. So I just I think the theme on this game is perfect, and I was playing Legendary Encounters Alien once again, and I'm looking forward to doing a special episode about, like I said, I did one back on the day when we started a show from for X Files. Of course, the uh, sound quality and a lot of stuff, it was very, very different. I think it was episode number three or four. I'm looking forward to uh, to take over this game, Legendary Aliens Encounter, once I finish the 10 by 10 challenge and do an episode about it and probably compare it to the X-Files one and then do one about the Marvel one and so forth. So if you are listening out there and you are interested in being in this episode because you have played a lot of the legendaries, please shoot me an email at solobgpodcast at gmail.com and I will be very, very happy to touch base with you. And that way we can try to do something together. Also, the other game that I've been playing, and I played this uh, in a very nice and very fun way through Skype with my friend uh, Mark Dainty over there. He's in England. I'm in US. And we were able to play through Skype a fantastic game that is named Norman. Well, on Unhaunted, Undaunted, I'm sorry, Undaunted Normandy. I was say by Osprey Games. I was able to play this game with him literally through Skype. So what I did is I mount the camera uh, on, you know, by, uh, facing the table and that way he could see my board. He did the same and we were showing each, uh, each other like hands that when we were drawing cards, the game worked perfectly for this purpose. And it was so fun to have the first episode of the campaign playing with him once again when he's like thousands and thousands of miles away uh, in England. And, you know, this is probably a good thing that you can try if you have the game and you know somebody else that owned the game. Definitely try it through Skype. You will have a blast, and it's very easy to follow since every um, every like a uh, little math I forgot the 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 word somewhere. Every little template has the, their number like B six or C twelve or whatever. So it's very easy to follow when you say like, okay, I'm moving the soldier uh, B. Let's call it right to uh, C twelve. So it's very easy to to be following in both uh, you know boards. So I'm pretty sure there's a lot of games as well out there that they can work very very awesome through Skype. So I really encourage you to try it. Once again, this was Undaunted Normandy by Osprey Games. We had a blast. And if you're wondering, what is Undaunted Normandy? What what, what is it about? Of course, it's about a war. So it's based, I believe, and I'm very, very bad with history, but I believe it's around the Second World War or World War II. And, you know, one faction plays as the U.S. and one faction plays as the German army. And you're basically following historic missions that they really happen. Uh, and you're trying to, to accomplish those missions. You can play it solo. There's a variant as well if you ch- want to check it out in Northboard Gaming. Uh, once again with Mark 90. Where you basically playing without having any bias from any side. And just following the story and trying to see who wins the campaign at the end of the war. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of that way of play a solo game. For this game I will say it was fun. But definitely is that option that if you own the game and you know somebody else that owned the game, you know, you can play it through Skype. Or, you know, once things go back to normal, fortunately, you will you will be able to, to play with a friend because it's a two-player game and it's a great game. Also, the other one that you, it really surprised me, uh, it's Charterstone. Charterstone by Stonemaier Games. Uh, this game, I got it probably like, I don't know, like 10 months ago or something like that. Uh, I bought the game. I never opened it, and of course, because right now uh, some days some days we're spending more time at home than before. Uh, I was able to you know to encourage my wife to try it with me. We opened the game. Of course, it's a legacy. I guess like a worker worker placement legacy game, and we are right now on episode. We're about to start episode four, and so far it has really surprised me in a very positive way. Uh, the first uh, the first game that we tried. It was kind of boring for me because there was like 
just a, a lot of options for two players. So I started to thought like, well, probably this game is better with three or four players. But as I kept as I kept advancing on the campaign and we were unlocking different locations and different crates and different uh, part of the story and different rules, game two and three, I had a blast. And it was a, a very nice surprise because once again, uh, probably from all the Stormire games, this is the one that received less like... Um, like less good things to say probably and then it will be tapestry probably after this one and it really surprised me i'm really having a blast and i'm looking forward to play the 12 scenarios and it has a cool thing that in one side of the board is the one that you will be playing the legacy and modifying the board and then the other side of the board it will be exactly the same but clean uh in that way you can buy a recharge pack that they call in that way you can play the other side of the board legacy again you put the cards that you use uh, during this campaign in that way, you can play the whole campaign again with other people, or you can play it solo because it has an Automa uh, version of the game where basically you will follow the whole game solo, uh, which I'm looking forward to try after I finish this campaign with my wife. And yeah, I've been playing Charterstone. I've been having a good time, and hopefully, hopefully it will stay the same and just increasing. I hope it doesn't take that curve that sometimes legacy games have that it starts to go down. Well, I hope in this case is not. And actually, after playing this game, I'm really motivated to play also Clank, um, the you know the Clank game, but the Legacy version. Uh, the Clank game, I believe you cannot play it solo, but you know I'm looking forward to try it now that I jump into this Legacy of Charleston. Also, the game that you can play solo that I'm, I hear a lot of good things is um, oh man, I forgot the name. <laughs> then what is it called? The new the the new age. Oh, man, it's a very... I have it on my list of Amazon. Let, let me go here. And I already give an advertise. I will tell you what it look. You know, with so many games right now in my game room, I start to look around and tell you, you know, talk to you about them, that I really, really, really forgot about the name of this game, which I'm about to get it for you. I'm looking it for you. Believe <laughs> me while I'm talking to you. And I'm talking about Aeon Sand, Aeon Sand Legacy. Uh, you know, I hear very, very good things about Aeonsen, and I'm looking forward to try that one as well. Anyway, let's keep moving forward with the, with the episode. I also play Jurassic Park Danger, an adventure strategy game. Well, <laughs> I play this game. Uh, there's a solo mode, a fan-made solo uh, version of the game on Board Game Geek that you can check it out. I play it with my wife. Uh, you know, we've been pl trying to play a lot of games now that we're spending some time at home. And yes, I mean, it's definitely Jurassic Park Danger. I guess that's all I have to say about the game. If you like the, the original movie, the Jurassic Park movie, well, you will enjoy the game. If you don't like the original Jurassic Park movie, well, don't even attempt. It's by Ravensburger. Um, and yeah, <laughs> Jurassic Park Danger, uh, adventure strategy game. Also, I've been playing another one that is on my 10x10 challenge and that is one of my favorite games that I'm looking forward once again to do a very special episode. It's uh, Star Wars Imperial Assault with, uh, with the app, you know, where you can play fully cooperative, fully solo. Uh, Imperial Assault, it's one of my favorite games I will spoil you right now ever. And I really hope, and I was very excited where recently, not too long ago, I heard that the game is still alive and that Fantasy Flight is still planning stuff for the game. Even if it's only app stuff, you know, and even, even if it's now they're starting starting to incorporate the mats, uh, the neoprene mats to the to the app. In that way, if you have them, you add it to the collection. In that way, they will give you missions with those mats. Imperial Assault is so great. I hope they also can come, which probably that's what they will do. I don't know. This is my thoughts only that they will do something like with Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition, that they will bring Star Wars Imperial Assault 2nd uh, Edition. And I hope if they do, they can, you know, have like an upgrade pack or something that allows you to play with your miniatures from the first game or with your components from the first game now into this 2nd Edition. And even even if they don't come with that, even the app, I mean, it's so easy. They give you a tutorial on the app of how to play it. And I really recommend that if you don't have the base game of Star Wars Imperial Assault, Right now, some people, they are selling it, like, very cheap. Uh, also, you can find it, like, with huge discounts sometimes online. So this is a game that I definitely recommend to you. And especially if you're a, a Star Wars fan, Star Wars Imperial Assault. I started again because it's on my 10 by 10 challenge of this year. And I'm starting all over again since the beginning. I just finished painting all my miniatures from the base game. And after I finished with the first uh, campaign... 
then I will start to get more expansions to the table. So there's some pictures that I share. You can check it out on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Solo BG Podcast. So yeah, I've been playing Star Wars Imperial Assault. Also by Simon Games, God of War, the card game. God of War, the card game. Well, some people have asked me, like, how is it? Do you like it? Did you enjoy it? God of War, it's honestly, of course, I don't think it takes over the, the video game at all. But if you if you're that those kind of people like me that you want you want to try video games in, that they made for card games and board games, well, this is a game that you can try. God of War, you can play fully solo, uh, which you were playing as a as a Kratos, which is the main guy of the God of War, and you will have the boy uh, as a, your ally, and also I don't remember the character name, but the one with that is only the head. <laughs> so you will have those two uh, playing with you against the, all the adventures that you will be playing. And one cool thing that it has is that you have big cards, like big, they call it king cards or something, that every time that you're choosing a stage or a quest, you will be laying a different board or a different kind of mat with those cards, and those look pretty cool. So it gives you that feeling of you're advancing levels or advancing quests like in the game, and then you're defeating dragons and you're defeating orcs and things like that, you know, whatever you defeat on the God of War universe. It's pretty cool. It's more like a puzzle-ish adventure with a deck building kind of. Because um, the uh, the uh, the main board is going to start to trigger events with cards that you're going to be revealing at, at the end of your turn, but then from those cards you will be able to recruit one. You will add it to your to your deck, and then you know your deck is going to get, keep getting bigger. But then also it has a very interesting mechanic that on the setup you will put like an inverted pyramid, where you're going to select the first quest, and then once you advance that quest. You have two options, and you're going to choose one quest of those two options. You're going to lay out the mat for that quest. And then the one that you didn't choose, you're going to turn it up. You're going to turn it face down, basically. And you're gonna, it's going to tell you an effect that is going to trigger for the second quest. Then on the third and final stage, when you're going to final the boss, you're going to do the same. You're going to choose one boss. You're going to lay out the mat. And then the other two that you didn't choose, you're gonna have, they're going to have consequences because you didn't pick them. And what, if you are able to def- to cross through those three quests or those three stages, you're going to be the winner of the game. So that's God of War, the card game. Uh, I want to play it more before I give you my opinion on the game, before I tell you if I really enjoy it or not. This first scenario that I play, you know, um, I mean, it was interesting, but it was more like a learning scenario. Now I'm looking forward to play it more. Also, uh, finally, I've been playing Lock Up, a role player tale the game that we're going to be talking about on this episode. And now that we mentioned Lockup, our role player tale, let's start, like always, with the box and cover section of the show. Box and cover. Okay, so now we are in the box and cover section of the show. And like always, I have the box here with me. And the first up, like the, the size of the box, very standard size, more like a big, big book. Uh, but, you know... Kind of like uh, the tall of the box, I guess it will be like 12 inches, like most of the standard games, but it's going to be a little bit less wider. And it says, Lock Up, a role player tale, uh, designed by Stanislav Kordonsky. I hope once this is the third time that I see the game, I hope I, uh, the name, I hope I pronounce it correctly. And it's published by Thunderworld Games. And on the main cover, you have like these creatures that you're going to be playing, uh, that they're all in the role player universe, where they're trying to escape the prison, but there's also some guards guarding the cell and they're like kind of cool because they look like something between robots and humans or something cool um but anyway and then on the side you will have lock up that it tells you that it plays uh age 10 year plus one to five players 90 minutes uh designed by tw games on thunderworld games then on the sides you have more uh illustrations about the characters that you can play with and on the other side as well the other characters that you can play then on the back of the box you're going to have the whole picture of the whole components of the game that you're going to get. And basically, they tell you the introduction of the game. When King Tharon's loyal soldiers put down the dragon, the Dragle invasion of Nalos, they threw the captured minions into Kobak prison, where the enchanted gaze and roadless construct guards make escape all but impossible. Once every year, the king releases the toughest gang of prisoners into the royal coliseum. You play as a squadron of minions, gnolls, cobbles, bugbears, goblins, and insectoids that were captured on the battlefield and locked up in Kobak. But in the six short weeks, King Taron will visit the prison, and he might give you the chance to fight for your freedom. You can build a reputation and establish yourself as the leader of the prison's most powerful crew, 
they asking you if you can do that. Well, of course, you're going to be able to do that in the game. And once again, the game is designed by Stanislav Kordinsky. Graphic design is by Luis Francisco. And illustrations are by Lucas Ribeiro. Uh, and then they told you the components that we're going to talk about in a little bit once we jump inside the box. And you know what? Why not? Let's do it. Let's jump inside the box. Inside the box. Okay, so now let's go into my one. Well, it's not my favorite section. I will lie to you, but a very good section of the show. Uh, let's 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 open this game that I have it here. And like always, it's kind of tricky because I'm not sitting. I always uh, try to record standing, <laughs> which is kind of weird. So I'm trying to open the box at the same time that I'm holding the microphone. There it is. Okay, so what do we get on the box? The first thing that we get on the box, it's a very nice detailed rulebook. With um, we're gonna talk about the rulebook actually when I share my thoughts. A nice uh, rulebook that it will have a nice illustration like the main cover of the box. And like always, I like to tell you, it's 20 double-sided pictures. Um, 20 double-sided pictures, 20 double-sided pages. Very well explained. Once again, we're gonna talk about the rulebook in my thoughts. Um, and also it has on the back one thing that I always, you're going to hear me very repetitive saying this, I always really appreciate when they do a game, uh, whoever does the game, the publishers, when they put the gameplay reference on the back. This game has it, and that's super cool, very um, very straightforward, and I really appreciate that as well. Also, you're going to find the mat, the nice cardboard mat that it has double sides. And w the reason is because one side, you're going to use it by the time that you um, that you choose how many players you're gonna have on your adventure. If you're gonna play with three or four players or more, if possible, um, you're gonna um, use one side. And if you're gonna play one or two players, you're gonna use the other side. Also, what you're gonna get on the game, you get the game board, the guard board, which is the one that you're gonna play or you're gonna use when you play solo. You also get five crew boards, which is the ones that you're gonna use. Uh, five holding cells, which is very cool because uh, what you're going to do is you're going to place um, a face um, of the character that you're going to choose behind the cells, and that way your opponents can see just the guys behind the cell. But then you're going to grab your tokens for your crew that you, it will be facing you. Kind of like, a, I'm sorry, it doesn't, it's kind of the comparison to the Scrabble board. It's called the Scrabble little thingies that help you to, to hold the letters, but not at all. This game is not a Scrabble. I just wanted to give you an example of how it is. Um, and also, you're going to have the round marker, wooden marker, uh, the one first player marker, which is super cute, the five reputation marker, 30 tokens, 166 cards, one rule book, 20, 22 power cubes, 12 suspicion cubes, and 65 wooden research tokens. That's what you're going to get inside the box. The components, I will tell you my thoughts on the components at the end. So, at the end, I'm sorry. So, now that we talk about what you can find inside the box, let me tell you how lockup works. And how the game plays. Game play. Okay, I'm going to try to make it easier uh, with this explanation of how the game plays because actually the game is not complex at all. It has his own tricks and his own strategy, but it's not complex at all. So first one, you're going to choose which characters you're going to play with. Like for example, I like to choose the bugbears. In every template, every template for the characters, it will have two different sides. One for the advanced setup and one for the normal setup. Now we're going to talk about the normal setup here and also uh, we're going to talk about how you play it solo. Okay, so basically, once you have the, the board, the board the layout is very nice because it has different areas of a prison, it's starting with the exercise yard, going to the sewers, infirmary, to the smithy, to the commissary, the chow hall, the cell block, and finally, the library, which is probably the most boring place in a prison. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you're going to uh, you know have all these areas from the prison. So basically, in every location except from the library, it's also going to be a goon, a goon that you're going to draw and you're going to place there. And the goons can be dwarves, they can be ratmen, demons, occultists, uh, hobgoblin, things like that, different 
of course, once again, if you play role player, you will be very familiar with the illustrations and probably the characters that they come in play to this game. So you will have goons. You will also have like leader achievements. You will have game end achievements and immediate achievement, they, which by the way, from these decks that I just mentioned, you're going to draw one of each and you're going to have these goals for the remaining of the games. So on your turn, you can go to different places in the prison. So the, the cool thing is that, you know, you, you're only going to have your uh, six uh, crew members, but once again, they will be facing you. So your teammates, they don't know which ones you already play. So on your turn, you can play up to two in any section of the jail. And you can put, if you're playing two or more players, I believe, you can play three tokens from all the ones that you're going to play face down. And the idea of this is to keep in a secret way how much your strength is in every location because the game is going to play through different phases. So first we have the roll call phase, which is when you're going to assign the crew tokens to locations. So each player may assign up to two crew tokens face down and you can do, I'm sorry, this is where I didn't need to, need to do the clarification. You can do uh, two crew tokens face down, but three if you're playing two players. So let's say, you know, I want to play well, on the exercise here, right? I want to play a number two. He has a string of two. Uh, he's going to be face up, and I'm going to play my number five face down. So in that way, then the next character, or the next player, I'm sorry, they can choose up to two as well to play on the exercise yard as, as well if they want, or they can go to other location. But the strategy will fall in that, for example, if they want to also go to the exercise yard, uh, you know, they know already well, Derek already put a strength two over there, but I don't know what he has face down. Probably he can be bluffing. Probably the one that he faced down is just uh, nothing because there's actually a character that doesn't have any strength. Or they can probably think like probably he put the two facing up and the five facing down because he really wants to get that reward. Because, for example, the reward on the exercise yard is that you get one power token, which I will explain a little bit, and you also get the first pl player token. So anyway, that's the tricky part of putting some characters face down. But we're going to be placing characters in all different locations of the jail if you are able to. And then, after we do that, we're going to jump into the lights out phase. And we will resolve the locations in numerical order. At each location, we're going to determine the crew strengths. We're going to gain suspicion if able. We're going to collect the rewards. And we want to move stragglers to the library. So that basically means when the, when the next phase uh, comes, which is the light out phase... You want to reveal every character that is on the exercise yard and the player that has more strength will gonna get the reward which in this case it will be one power and the first player token then we're gonna go to the sewers where the character will either the first player or the first place there we're gonna win is gonna win two green cubes and the second one one green cube they have different names by the way they have their research name which i don't remember right now and then you're gonna go to the infirmary and it's gonna be the first player only the one that has more strength is going to have two uh, uh, blue uh, cubes. And whoever is there, they're not going to get anything. And so for in that way, in different locations, you can get, uh, you can gain resources. You can gain like special resources. You can go and try to capture the goons because the goons, they also give you victory points at the end of the game. Or uh, <clears throat> they will, in combination, they will give you more points. You can go to the cell block as well when it's going, you're going to try to craft items. And you're going to use the resource uh, cubes that you got before in order to craft them. And they will give you instant victory points. And they also going to give you more ability. Because, for example, each player can always carry only five uh, cubes on their reserve. So that means that if you have eight cubes, you better spend them. Because if you don't use them for the next round, you're only going to have the ability to keep five of those. But if you're able to build uh, some uh, items... Well, then some items of some of those items will give you more capacity in order for you to keep more cubes for following rounds. So that's basically what you're going to do. Now, the interesting thing also is that every player that wasn't able to get a reward, let's say, for example, on the infirmary, that only one player or the, or the toughest player can get two cubes. Let's say I was the second most. Then if I didn't get any reward there, my, my little guys, they're going to go to the library. And at the end, on the last place in the library... It's going to be whoever has more strength is going to be able to take two thumbs or two books and keep one, and the other one will go face down at the bottom. And then the second player that has more strength is going to be able to grab one book and third player and so forth until, you know, that's, that you can spend your turn on the library if you didn't have any success on the other places. Also, during the game, we're going to have a, a phase that is called the raid phase, and that can happen if all suspicion cubes on the board 
that like they're not available. That it means that all the suspicion cubes are gonna be in each player because being the most tough guy on every place is not necessarily a good thing. Because yes, you can gain the resources, but also if there are suspicion cubes over there, you're gonna get those suspicion cubes because you were the most uh, the most uh, with, the, with, the, with the most strength there. So you're gonna become more suspicious to the guards, right? So you're gonna get those suspicious tokens to you. When the raid phase kicks in, which is mean there's no more suspicious tokens on the board, then the player that has more suspicion will lose victory points. Uh, and that's how it's going to be working. So basically, yes, you want to be winning um, in most of the places being the strongest one, but also you don't want to get all the suspicion because when the raid comes, you're going to lose some victory points. So that's a very nice mechanic with the game. And that's basically it. You're going to play the same over six rounds. And at the end, towards the end of the game, then once the game ends, you're going to start to score for all the goals that you had. Uh, also, you're going to start to score for all the goons that you had because the items you're going to score them before. And every book that you had from the library that you didn't use because they also have skills for you to use during the game, it will worth to you a victory point as well. Also, the, uh, the resource for every resource that you have with you that you didn't use, you're going to get victory points. That's why it's very important to try to build those items that allows you to have more resource uh, you know, capacity. In that way, if you save some of those for the end of the game, you will get victory points as well. Now, that's basically how it works. Now, for the solo mode, it has two decks, one for the guards and one for location. So what you're going to do at the beginning of the game where you're setting up, very similar, like if you were setting up for two players, you are going to lay down also a guard card face down in every location. And then on your turn, you're going to assign a token to one location. Of course, there's no need for you to put it face down because, you know, you're playing solo. <laughs> so you're going to place a guard. And every time that you place a guard in a location or two guards in a location, you're going to be able to flip any of the cards that are around the jail face up. And after you do that, in that way, you will see how much the strength is on those cards. Then you're going to reveal a location card. And the location card, the location from the location deck is gonna have different cards that, of course, they have like the the whole the whole prison or jail location. Um, so if you reveal a location, uh, then you're gonna draw another face down guard card and you're gonna add it to that location. Uh, some location cards they will call they will be called off duty, and if you reveal one of those, well, you're safe. You don't add any other guard location to any other guard to that specific uh, particular location then you're going to try to play another of your tokens in another area and you're going to be able to reveal another face of a uh, guard and then draw another location if it's off duty you don't place anything if it says any location then you add a face down guard token to that uh, particular area so that's how the the solo mode is basically playing against you it's like another player playing against you trying to be more more powerful in the in different locations. What is very cool is that also the solo mode, the solo deck, it has different variations that you can play the game with. Like you can play moderate, which is the easiest one, which by the way, last night I got defeated by the Automa. I like to call it the Automa or the AI, like very, very, very bad. Uh, I think they made like 79 points and I made like 39 or something. Uh, but anyway, uh, you can you can adjust the difficulty that you want to play with. And that's basically, that's how Lockup works. And now that I told you how it works, let me tell you what I think about the game. Let me tell you if I recommend you to play the game solo or competitive. And if I definitely recommend this game for you or not. So let's hear it in the next section, which is my favorite section of the show. Solo or competitive. Okay, so now let's, let me share you my thoughts with the game. Let me tell you if i rather play this game solo or competitive. Or or what? Yeah, what do I think about the game? Once again, this is Lockup, and it's published by Thunderworld Games or TW Games, and it's designed. Let's try for for four time to say his name uh, by Stanislav Kordonsky. Kordonsky, there you go. Um, Lockup, a really very nice surprise to me. Uh, this game it was sent to me. Oh, I because I forgot to tell you, this game was sent to me by the. Uh, the cool people from TW Games. Uh, and I always like to say this before I start a review. Sorry that I didn't mention this at the beginning. In that way, you are aware because you deserve to know. Now, on the other side, like I always tell you, for me, it doesn't make any difference at all if I bought the game or if I received the game. My thoughts will be always honest. 
I will always tell you what I truly think about the game and, and we go from there, right? So it doesn't make any difference, but you deserve to know if I got the game basically uh, for free because the publisher sent it or the designer sent it or not. Anyway, let's jump into lockup. The game, it was a very, very nice surprise for me. Why? Because you all know that I have only played, because I mentioned it before, have only played role player, the role player game one time. And I couldn't get like a, a like a like a huge thought on the game. I'm looking forward to play role player game, the base game more. Um, I don't have the game, so as soon as I can get the game, I'm willing to play it more and give you my thoughts because probably I will end up loving. Anyway, Lockup is in the same universe, and Lockup, since I played it the first time, it was a great surprise for me. I really enjoyed the game. I really like the mechanics of the game. I played two players and three players. Um, I haven't played four, though, or five, but I played one, two, and three players, and it worked out perfectly, perfectly. I like that the game, it doesn't take too long to play. The whole six rounds will probably take you in three players, like, I don't know, 60 minutes, but it's 60 minutes are completely enjoyment during the game. I like the fact that you can play some of the bandits or some of your crew face down. In that way, you keep that secret or, or, or you know, yeah, you, you put in that uh, difficulty for the other players to try to follow what you're doing. The part where you're crafting the items or you're building the items or reserving the items or different things works very nice. The components are great. Wooden tokens. I love wooden tokens. And the first player marker, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, it's like a little horn, you know, but it's so cool. Also, the round uh, the round token, which is like a little crown because of the king, is getting closer to arrive to the prison. It's very cool. Also, it, it has like it has it's in the middle of the board, which is kind of um, strange. It's not very usual because usually the round tracker, if the if the, if a board game has one, usually it will be in a corner or in the side or whatever. Well, this is on the exactly middle of the table. It's it's looking at you at the prison. So the king is telling you, "I'm coming for you. So you better be prepared." I like it. The illustrations on the board are fantastic. Very nice art. I really like how you know one place take you to another one. For example, the exercise yard, the exercise yard, lead you with a little bit of stairs to the sewers, and then from the sewers you go, you climb, and you're in the infirmary, and then you climb again, and you're in the smithy. So every place is connected, and then the library. The illustration is fantastic. It's great. The cards, they are small cards, very easy to sleep, which I already did. Awesome. The component, one of my favorite part of the components is the jails, the jails that everybody has. Like I say, they're kind of similar <laughs> to give you an idea, like a scrabble where you hold your letters. Of course, it's nothing like that. But you also put the characters behind bar because once you choose your, your faction, you're going to stick like a board piece behind the, behind the jail, I guess, that they are printed on the plastic uh, holder. And the other players will basically see your crew like behind bars. It looks so cool. I really enjoy that part of the game, those components. I really appreciate it. And if you haven't, if you want to know what I'm talking about, you can check it out once again on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SoloBG Podcast because we have a lot of pictures from this game for when we played it the last time and also when we were recording this episode. Another thing that I really enjoy about the game is the solo mode. The solo mode, literally, it's like if you were playing with somebody else, like completely, like, you know, sometimes when you play solo games, kind of like beat your own score and stuff like that. Yes, they try to make that AI player there, but you're like, yeah, well, I mean, there's something still that that it doesn't compare to a human player, right? Well, this one, it really does. It really does because the deck worked perfectly. Like the, the, every time that you're playing somebody, now if you once you draw the location card, another place is getting like more powerful because even if two cards are face down, well, you don't know where they are, right? So, I mean, that part of the game that the solo mode brings to you, it's super cool. I literally, I will say that from all the work placement games, this is, this one inside, but we're, we're talking about lockup, right? Uh, have the most awesome solo mode when it's a work placement game. Uh, and yeah, lockup. I mean, I can play it solo many, 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 many times because it literally brings the same sensation, like for real, that you're playing with somebody else. Um, so the components I like, I like the replayability of the game. I like that it's very easy to learn. Another huge uh, bonus for the game is the rulebook. I didn't, I didn't have the necessity 
or I didn't need to go to any website or any place to look for a clarification. And that's, believe it or not, that's very strange on these days on games, especially on Kickstarter games, because this was a Kickstarter. Um, it's very well done, very straightforward. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to go to Board Game Geek or whatever to look for like a clarification on a symbol or in an action. What do I do? No. Perfectly. They work awesome. I like that the resources, like in like versus other games, resources that you're not able to spend. Uh, you can. They also will work something at the end. I like the library aspect of the game. That if you're not able to get any any reward in other locations, well, for at least from the library, you're gonna get a book that it will give you some ability. I think, in my opinion, that that mechanic from the library and the suspicion mechanic when you have when you have a raid allows this game to try to keep it balanced in the aspect that some games sometimes when uh, you are playing a, a board game. And you're at 30 points and you have the other player playing uh, that it's already in 70 points. You're like, oh, man, like there's no way I was going to win this game. Well, I think with those mechanics, with the abilities that you get from the library and also the, the raid phase, it kind of helps the game to balance in that way. Even if you're in the last place and there's two more rounds in the game, you can still try to catch up, uh, you know, the players. It will be hard. I won't lie to you, but at least you have something that you can hope for that you can still win the game. So that's a very positive way. I like that it's only six rounds and that's it. And for some people will be like, oh, it's only six rounds, it's going to be fast. Well, you know, I mean, it's not really, it is really, but it's not too bad because you're always doing something because you need to be thinking like, okay, this this person is sending this guy, this powerful guy, this area that I want to go, or probably they put it face down. So you, know, you don't know what they put. So probably you want to go and intimidate him and put that five character over there and things like that. Also, another mechanic that I forgot to tell you is that on the exercise yard, which is the first location, besides getting the first player token, you get a power token. And those power tokens you're going to be adding on your mat. There's a guy from your crew that is only going to have like the fist symbol, like the strength symbol. So that means that he will be strong equal to the amount of power cubes that you have on your mat. So that's very important also to a place to go at the beginning. In that way, probably by, by turn four, uh, you can have that guy, uh, you know, with a, a strength value of four. And you also have another character with a four and a five. So that will that will, that can increase the, the strength of your theme like from for a lot. So that could be a huge benefit. So the game offers you different mechanics, different pathways to success, which they are very cool. Now, if you ask me, if the game, do I rather play competitive or solo? I will tell you just this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Because this game, I really enjoy it in both ways. And that's very hard to find. Uh, I mean, there's some games that, yeah, I mean, I will say like, yeah, it has a good solo mode, but also competitive. And I will go probably with competitive. But if you're strongly a solo player, well, you still anyway, get it. And that way you can enjoy it. No, this game, I will tell you, I enjoy it the same way, solo and competitive. I really did. It's a fantastic uh, mechanic of solo game. Just like Sai, that I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed with more people, but I also, once again, I enjoyed by uh, solo. And I'm looking forward to playing more expansions of Lockup. Now, after playing this, I'm more motivated to try to get a copy of Role Player. In that way, I can play that game again and try to give you a solid review. Honestly, this game... I definitely, definitely recommend to you. If you're a solo player, I will tell you, get it. If you have a group of friends, I will tell you, get it. If you want it because you want to play with your wife or with your friends or with your dad or with your mom, get it. It's a fantastic game. It really worked out. It, re it was a huge surprise because I don't know what I, what, I, what I was expecting from this game because, of, of course, once again, with my only one experience on role player, that once again, I'm looking forward to get a copy and try it. Um, but it really surprised me. It really surprised me in a positive way. And I'm looking forward to try more games like this. I'm looking forward to hear about more games from TW Games, from Thunderbolt Games, because this game, this game, it really works out, like I said, no matter if you want to play competitive or solo. So with that being said, um, you know, when we go into uh, our ratings from Solo BG Podcast, where we go from zero to five, uh, and tell you, uh, you know, what I think about the game with Zero. It's, uh, you know, like a awful that you want to burn and probably don't even want to 
want to uh, waste on the energy to burn the game. And five is that you're really enjoying and it's an amazing game. This game, definitely for me, it's in a solid, solid, solid four points. Like this game, I can bring it to the table very often. I really enjoy it. Once again, I recommend it to you either as a solo game or a group or a group gaming or a family gaming because it works pretty well. It can also help as a window to bring more players to the hobby because it's different, it's unique. The theme that you are kind of like the bad guy-ish, I guess, uh, trying to find uh, make reputation around the, around the prison is super cool. The illustrations are super cool. Uh, you know, it's great, it's great. Uh, and I definitely recommend it. And I give, give the game a solid four. Now, uh, if we go to Board Game Geek, they are giving the game a 7.5 and it's with uh, 689 ratings. Uh, once again, the, the technical, I guess, detail from Burger Game is that it plays one to five players, 45 to 90 minutes, uh, age 10 year plus, and complexity 2.5 out of 5. I think that the complexity is even lower because I don't think it's that complex, and I give this game a solid 4, which probably going at Board Game Geek uh, rating, it will be something like 8.5 or, or, or even between 8.5 or 9. So I definitely recommend this game for you. Once again, Solo BG recommended. It's a lock up the board game by Thunderbolt Games. I hope you really enjoy this episode. I hope you're doing great. I hope you are keeping with a good attitude, positive. Once again, um, try to stay home. Try to play more games. Uh, try to stay positive. Uh, you know, help each other. And if something, remember that you can always reach out to me in my social media, Solo BG Podcast at Facebook, Solo BG Podcast at Twitter and Instagram. And you can always shoot me an email at solobgpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. And like always, remember... For victory, go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop.